the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. It's Open Your Kimono Day. I know you're saying, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> The Federal Reserve is going to open its kimono and show you what they got. They're going to show you where the Federal Reserve stands on the U.S. economy. That comes up at 11, about three hours from now. So I'll be off air, but that basically means last couple hours of the market could be a mad dash. It could change things if the Federal Reserve is like, you know, this economy is looking a little too strong. We could all have a different image. In theory, these uh, bankers are getting together and robbing. It's one of my favorite sounds from South Park, um, where the townies get together and robble about, like, oh, what are we going to do with it? The Cure's coming to town in concert. Robble, 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 robble. Um, the Federal Reserve is robbling today, and they're telling us what they what they think. Global stocks have paused. Pause. Tesla stock could hit $1,000 a share, according to one analyst, because of the million-mile battery. Ooh. Battery technologies is one of the areas that for years and years and years and years and years and years and years didn't ever improve. It never changed. We couldn't figure out how to do it. And then we did. Um, Global stocks have paused. We're waiting on the Fed, like waiting on Goodell. We have some angles like Tesla could be a $1,000 stock. We have a second virus wave that may derail the recovery. This is according to the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development on Wednesday basically said, hey, here's two forecasts for the global economy. And you're like, two? Can't we just have one hand? And you kind of really want to get a butcher's knife and, and hold the economist right hand and say, you better not say on the other hand. In the better scenario, the world continues to heal from the coronavirus epidemic. The OECD is saying in that stair world, gross domestic product would fall 6% in 2020. But it would be up 20, it would be up 5.2% in 2021. The U.S. would shrink 7.3% this year, but it would recover up 4.1% next year. So that's one scenario. Now, the other scenario is if the virus hits us again, a double hit. World GDP slumps 7.6% in 2020 and recovers only 2.8% in 2021. Instead of a 5.2% rebound, you're now looking at 2.8%. In the United States, instead of one point, instead of a 4.1% rebound, you're talking about a 1.9%. Now, 1.9% growth in GDP is not bad. But 1.9% coming off a year where you just got hit to the tune of 8.5% down, it's pathetic. It's anemic. It's not good enough. So where are you? Do you even care about COVID-19 at this point in time? 
are you thinking shutdowns positive or shutdowns negative? What are you thinking? Um, I can tell you as a business person and I can tell you as a parent, uh, more and more people are starting to warm up to we just got to get out. We just got to participate. We want school. We want it again. The lockdown psychologically, Americans don't don't do lockdowns well. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the things I like doing is comparing stocks and using stocks and their outlook and how they work compared to, you know, I just talked about U.S. GDP next year is going to be up growing 1.9%. In the worst case scenario, I'm looking for anything growing more than 1.9%. So I'm looking for growth inside of a growth sector or growth inside of a value sector or growth inside of uh, an industrial. So companies like Fastenal, as an industrial company, to me, they're kind of sexy. If you're looking at transportation, um, I would look at Old Dominion Freightline, 34% return this year. I could see some sex appeal. You know, in consumer staples, you can go with Coca-Cola, boring. You can go with PepsiCo, boring. Or you can go buy Monster Beverage, MNST. Now, keep in mind, this is a year that we learned that Clorox isn't so boring. And General Mills, not so boring, nor is Kroger. So what's boring in a good 1.9% GDP may not be boring at all. It may be actually kind of sexy in a negative case scenario. So you need to come down to, like, where are you as an investor? Boring's beautiful for a lot of people. If you were to say, Rob, I'm going to gift you shares of Coca-Cola, you're going to give them to your son. I'd be like, okay. Um, and I'll tell them, I'll, hold, I'll say, hold it forever. It may not be the best performer, but it's probably not going to get you into a lot of trouble. So there's always going to be winners. and There's always going to be losers in any sector. Um, but if you take a look, you can really help yourself out. Like in communications, uh, do you still like Netflix or do you not like Netflix? In consumer discretionary. Um, you know, one of the things I loved during the COVID shutdown was it was tough to get products delivered to your house. Amazon was like, we, we got to work on the essential things or something like that. I'm not sure what the heck happened, right? But Amazon is the king of consumer discretionary to me. Netflix is the king of communications to me. Netflix faces wide competition from AT&T and Walt Disney and Comcast. HBO Max has come, and it's kind of eh, a little bit too pricey for what you get compared to Netflix and Disney. Um, but they're still the king. Netflix is uh, supposed to ex expect it to grow at 40% annualized over the next three years. That ain't bad. So... 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, taking a look at the markets, it, not a lot going on today. The NASDAQ's hitting records. That's great. Again, it's the familiar names. Um, the Apples, the Microsofts, the Amazons, the Netflix. And the bigger they get, the more sway they have on the market. Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. I did not think about this while I was looking at it, but dang it, if I, why didn't I think about this? The Last Dance was a big commercial for Nike. 
it's almost like that they, they, Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player of, of all time. We're going to unveil a 10 episode documentary while no one has anything to watch on TV. And it's going to be a big commercial for Nikes. I own shares of Nike. Um, and I'll tell you why I own shares of Nike. Uh, they make really expensive shoes. And at one point in time, or at points in time, you see people kill each other for these shoes. You hear incredibly stupid stories of someone paying, you know, not $100 for a pair of shoes, but $30,000 for a pair of shoes. And then a couple years ago in San Francisco, CEOs like Mark Benioff from Salesforce.com and the the young up-and-comers, they didn't want to look like Steve Jobs and do the the faux turtleneck black thing. They they kind of said, I'm going to wear a business suit, but I'm going to wear extremely expensive and stylized Nikes. And you're like, okay, I get it. So that was a big billion-dollar commercial. And the sales at Nike are reflecting it on classic Jordans. Uh, people want them. It, it, it increased their digital prowess availability by running that. And there's there's commercial sneakerheads, not commercial websites, that like they resell shoes like you would resell stocks, like you'd resell houses, shoes. Nike, I like. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Boeing's down 14 bucks. That's kind of an interesting one. It's been so fast that it's... I've got some odd things in my chat. My dad had a black briefcase. He had yellow legal pads. <clears throat> I watched my dad meticulously. He was an unbelievable project manager. He was an unbelievable business person. So I, I, I studied him from afar. And like one of the things that he would taught me a little bit about here and there was how to find stocks in the newspaper. And now you're saying, newspaper? What is this you speak of? Yes, the newspaper used to come every morning, typically before 6 in the morning. And if it wasn't there at 6, people would get pissed. But the financial section had listings in the back two pages of popular mutual funds. And you could read through them like you'd be like Fidelity Health, Fidelity Telecommunication, Fidelity uh, Growth and Income. And you're like, what's growth and income? What's <clears throat> And you kind of started to piece together what all this meant. And I could tell you that in my father's life, Boeing would go from $50 a share to 54 in 12 months. It was boring. People who could buy stocks in the 1960s, it was boring. There was no computers buying stocks. There was no hedge funds buying stocks. There, was no, there wasn't 100 million mutual funds I know you're saying there's not 100 million mutual funds. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times not to exaggerate, Rob. Ooh, Tesla just hit $1,000 a share. Ooh, but I'm talking about Boeing. So let, let me finish my Boeing thought. It used to move $4 a year. That's it. Now it moves $15 a day. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 we're good with that. So stocks in my lifetime have gone from some, like, if you were able to get Intel at 20 and it goes to 30, you were a king, a king. 
because things didn't move that inefficiently. And then they did. So Tesla, $1,000 a share. Where were you the day Tesla became worth $1,000 a share? Um, if you believe in electric vehicles and if you believe that Saudi Arabia, with all the oil in the world, um, do you believe in conspiracy theories? Do you believe that like electric vehicles have been suppressed? Do you believe that Americans want big gas guzzlers? I honestly think most Americans want electric vehicles. Yeah, there's some issues about charging. Um, but gas is dirty, and the idea of like driving by the gas station not filling her up sounds kind of good to me. And wait, wait, I'm powering my vehicle with what? Sunshine? The state of California has proposed a tax on sunshine. As they're losing money in gas tax lien revenues, they want to tax sunshine. So on sunny days, you're going to be hit with a surcharge. Sunshine is how you power the vehicles. $1,000.06 today. Tesla up 65 up 7%. Do you remember yesterday I was talking about self-fulfilling prophecies? Um, I was talking about sometimes like companies like Apple when like it was a march to a trillion dollars. Them and Amazon. Where were you in 2019 when there was the march to the first trillion dollar company? It becomes self-fulfilling. And Tesla hitting $1,000 a share is not a surprise to me. It's a big round number, and it works for a lot of people. And the concept is still quite fresh. Now, Tesla has a $186 billion market cap. Some people think it can grow into $1 trillion. We talked about a billionaire this week saying he thinks it could have a trillion-dollar valuation. I do, too. Um, I think electric vehicles are a thing. I think the free sunshine angle works for a lot of people. But there's an infrastructure cost, right? Anyhow, I don't know why I like that story as much as I do, but I do. <clears throat> so Dow Jones Industrial Average is lower today. And really, I can see two stocks that are dragging it way lower. Boeing and ExxonMobil. But then you could also say, well, Rob, you know, be fair about this, because there's some other companies that are struggling and you know, not carrying their weight, like Disney. They're down 1.1% today, a um, little bit of profit-taking. Stocks had a huge run. That's another thing that I'm going to tell you is the sheer power of woe. Whoa, whoa. I'm going to use my own Donald Trump sound effect. Whoa, whoa. Um, how fast big companies are moving. When you see you know a trillion and a half dollar company add ten percent to its market cap in a week, you're like whoa 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 whoa. Anyhow, um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The Nasdaq hitting records today. The Russell two thousand, the Dow thirty, and the S P five hundred lower on what is called bad breadth. Um, we have very few winners and we have a lot of losers. And the winners are propping us up, keeping us kind of like a good day, good week. But if it wasn't for the big mega tech companies, this would be a week where we're going, um, is there a shift going on? And you know what shift we would be talking about, right? We're talking about the shift of as we get into the economic expansion again from the shutdown, how much of it, you know, how sticky is it? Have, we have to ask questions, and you should ask questions right now. Airline stocks, after the big rally, have they flown too high? I don't own any airline stocks. 
Um, glad I didn't own them last year. Glad I don't own them this year. Do I wish I had a, that big and efficient move? Yeah. Um, but for the better part of 320 days of the last 52 weeks, I haven't owned any. And I'm stoked about that. Is there 20 or 30 days where had I owned them, I would have been rich? Rich, rich, I tell you. Stinking, filthy rich. Um, yeah. But that's not my game. So airline stocks have had a rapid descent today. Like, not good. Going from 36,000 feet in the air to 15,000. You're like, well, that was quick. We've seen the turnaround in passenger traffic. We've seen the East stocks get ahead of themselves. That's a big question. Same with the stock market right now. Is it ahead of itself? Because the last couple of days, a lot of stocks are being sold, for better or for worse. Very few stocks are working. The breadth is negative. The breadth is a lot of red. Is it telling you something? How can it not be? Right? You can't go straight up every day forever. Or can you? Jack Jack said to the, the bean as he planted it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing in more. COVID-19 has shown us companies that were prepared for a change in business model and companies that weren't. Uh, clearly, Amazon has been a beneficiary of the trend, and it's not lost on anyone in America that Jeff Bezos gets richer and richer every single day while we're talking about racial inequality, as well as economic inequality and other issues that are plaguing our society. Capitalism is messy. It's creative destruction. I sometimes sound like a capitalist pig, and I know that. I'm not trying to. Um, I want you to go to Africa and dance. I want you to climb the top of a mountain and plant a flag. I want you to do those things. But also, I want you to realize 60 is coming up faster than you think. And when 60 hits, you don't have the ability to work. And and when 60 hits, you start having heart attacks. You start having diabetes. You start having hip replacements, knee replacements. You start having cancers. It ain't pretty. So I want to get you to 60 where you're comfortable. Um, I think most people would, no, I want to be careful what I say here. A friend of mine, her father just passed away, um, pancreatic cancer. And anytime someone passes away, I, I've lost a parent. So people my age, a lot of them haven't, and they're losing their first parent. And what I was able to say was economically, to my friend, I said he did great. Like he provided for his family, he provided for his wife, he provided for his children, their college, their education, their first house. I said he. he he probably passed knowing, you know, some pretty good things happened in his life. Um, and you know, that's my way of telling people to feel better. Um, because I could show them where there was a success and I get it. I want to get you to retirement. I want to get you to 60 so that when you do get something horrible, you can not stress about that, but you can stress about loving your family or being loved or working out your economic issues so that you can live until the day at 92 and not necessarily be a drain on your children. And again, some cultures like being drains on their children. That's the thing that I never knew that I got into that. I was just really super naive when I got into finance in my twenties was I would say things that would just culturally hurt people. Like I would say, I never, I I don't want to live with my mom. And I didn't realize I was coming from the perspective of Caucasian American white dude. 
who all he wanted to do was date girls and get out of the house his whole life. I didn't realize that some cultures like living with their parents and some cultures expect to live with their children. Um, my mom didn't want, you know, she didn't want adult kids living with her. That was our expectation. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Airline stocks are falling as analysts cite reasons why gains can't go on. There's been some inefficiency on the down. It's inefficiency on the up. I think that's that's fair to say. Bill Gates is a winner yet again. The world's second richest man got a big boost to his investment portfolio and used car platform Vroom. Vroom, Vroom, Vroom. Vroom just came public, and guess who one of the original investors was? Bill Gates. I know you're saying, man, some guys can have all the luck. And there is some truth to that. It takes money to make money. Um, a lot of people will say, like, hey, like, in my early 20s, I, I, in my mid-20s, I guess. I guess you could say um, I was pretty good at single card, single deck blackjack. And my friends were always like, why are you so good at this? And I'm like, well, I just play the odds. Um, and also, I bring enough money that I can lose money and live long enough to get a rebound in luck. And I know it's luck. I'm, I'm not stupid. So Cascade Investments, Bill Gates, is one of, that's his investment arm. Uh, Gates has a net worth of $115 billion. He trails only Jeff Bezos by $41 million. Now, again, let me throw that to you again. He has $115 billion. He's the richest man in the nation. Jeff Bezos has $156 billion, the richest, by $41 billion, which is a lot of money. Uh, a big question is, will Jeff Bezos become a trillionaire? And my answer is yes, if his SpaceX does well. Um, not a SpaceX. Um, if his moonshot ideas do well, is probably the best way of saying that. Because he's got some other ones other than just space. Um, he wants to reinvent the healthcare system or be part of that distribution of reinventing the healthcare system. And if you know one thing about me, I don't want to go to CVS ever again. I don't know. Would you ever get to the point where like CVS could send you a syringe and you would inject yourself with a flu shot? Probably not. But I like the idea of healthcare being delivered um, digitally and through drones and robots and cars to bring the medicines to you. I've got a neighbor across the street. I honestly think she's 100 years old. And I would do anything for this person. I would go pick up medications, but doesn't want me to. She wants to do that on her own. I'm like, you're walking, right? You're not driving, right? Because like, you're 100 years old. And uh, you see the idea. So Bill Gates will be there. Amazon will be there. And they will have situations where they're investing in companies like Vroom. Vroom, a used car platform app kind of thing. I know you're saying, he really does get all, all, all the chicks and all the, all the luck, right? I, no one's thinking of Bill Gates that way. You know what's interesting, though? If you study Japan, Japan loves Bill Gates. They think of him as a hero. But in the United States, in the late 90s, he was demonized um, as being, I guess, too greedy. Is he too greedy? Second richest man? Is that greed? Or is that market smarts? Is that business? Is that I wish I would have come up with that. I don't know. When is enough enough? It's not for me to say. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, the Jordan documentary 
really has turned out to be a great commercial for Nike, Jordans, and resale markets on that. And I bring that up because there's a lot of ways to get rich. I hope you're not trying to do it by sneakers. I, I hope you're trying to do it by your 401k. The best way to get wealthy in the United States, <clears throat> in my opinion, is to save some of your paycheck every two weeks. I know you're saying, Rob, I don't have a paycheck right now. You're being incredibly insensitive. I'll back off. But that's the best way to get wealthy. It's not <clears throat> to figure out a cookie bar that you could sell that has no calories. It's not coming up with an idea. Um, those are very rare. Stock market goes up seven out of 10 years. That's not rare. That's common. That's historical for a hundred plus years. <clears throat> I'm not drawing on like data that's vague. I'm drawing on a hundred year data. Show me anything with better odds that is a benefit to you. And I'll be like, whoa, you have a better chance of losing your luggage this year. Like that's not good. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. DraftKings, I do not own the stock. I'm thinking about the stock. There's another one that's tied towards gambling. Penn Station. Penn, what is it? Penn, uh, it's not Penn Station. But it's tied towards horse racing. But they also own casinos. Penn National Gambling. I think both are interesting because they're both publicly traded. Um, competition's out there but not typically publicly traded. And I think there's a trend in the United States at this point in time of states have spent a lot of money on COVID. States have spent a lot of money on protests. In the future, they're going to say, hey, does anyone want to bet on opening football weekend? Uh, because states want that tax money. They're going to need it to replace some of the cost of doing business in the last year of COVID. That's coming. It's not going to be a surprise. Uh, we will legalize whatever we can legalize to raise more in taxes. In my belief, um, will it be enough to offset deficits? No. Boeing is aiming for a late June recertification flight for the 737 MAX. Okay. It's mid-June, right? June 10th. Is that mid or is that still early? Late June flight. Ooh. That's interesting. Um, stock has become very dramatic recently, shooting up enormously, pulling back quickly, having a bad overall year. AMC movie theaters is trying to stave off bankruptcy and they're also trying to open. I was doing some research on movie theaters yesterday of what that's going to look like. One of the things they're talking about, oh, is basically a prophylactic for your chair. Every chair will have like rip off paper, kind of like when you go to the doctor and uh, he asks you to strip down and put on a gown and you do and you sit on his little thing and that paper, you get the idea, right? AMC's got a cash balance of $718 million and it's going to be depleted quickly. They need cash. They need cash flow to service debt. One of the business plans I could try to leave you with today is the idea of cash flow. Companies like AOL <clears throat> were so easy to understand. You paid $9.95 a month or they cut off your internet service. That gave them the ability to say to lenders, we want to borrow a billion dollars so we can come up with uh, a new website, some new equipment. And they said, okay, how are you going? Let's take a look at your money. 
And they're like, well, we got 50 million subscribers paying 10 bucks a month. We're good. And they're like, that is good. It's a subscription recurrent revenue kind of model. That kind of cash allows companies to borrow money and to service it. But when that kind of subscription starts to cancel on them, suddenly they're not able to service their debt. And that's why I won't own a Cinemark, a Marcus Corporation, maybe an IMAX, um, but an AMC. And I'm talking about AMC, the movie theater, not AMC, the network, both publicly traded. They're just not my kind of business model. IMAX was kind of a neat play in the early 2000s as they went from four screens in America to 10 screens in America to 100 screens in America to 10 screens in China to 20 screens in China, to 1,000 screens in America, to 40 screens in China. They had a a fun numbers game. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. The recent rebound in the stock market could quickly come to an end. If we keep seeing headlines like Arizona doesn't know what to do with people with COVID because they're not ready with enough hospital beds. Texas has reported a third straight day of record coronavirus hospitalizations. Now, again, we know this story. We know China, Wuhan, check. Then we know Italy, check. Then we know Seattle got there. Yep, yep, yep. Bay Area started getting it. Santa Clara County, yep, yep. Then New York got whomped. And that's when the world started going, this is a problem. Now, Texas is having a problem. And again, the economic data that we're seeing, the increase in jobs, that, that's nice. A lot of that is just dead cat balance. So, like, people coming back that were meant to come back. Um, not that we're questioning if they come back. So, a couple more weeks in a row... If we hear Texas and Arizona, we are going to start saying time to turtle back up or what's the financial cost of this or what's the economic cost or what's the human cost of it. One of the headlines on CNBC today, I love this one. I landed my dream job in a Broadway show, then COVID-19 shut it down. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got a friend who sent her daughter to NYU essentially to become a Broadway actor or actress. Um, that's tough. If my kids come to me and said, we're really interested in math and science and engineering, I'd be like, stoked. We're really interested in being Broadway performers. Can you spend $100,000 on our education? I'd be like, hmm. Okay, I get that Broadway experience can get you a lot of things in life. But that's a tougher pill to swallow. <clears throat> and there's honestly tougher success stories there. I would much rather go into math and science than go into Broadway or poetry. But that is one of the sad things that's happening right now is how many dreams are being squashed. I know you're saying, no, I'm not even thinking that way, Rob. I'm thinking about me. But think if you're a minor league baseball player, and this could have been the year that you broke through, and this is the year that your skills just sat there and did nothing. Boy, baseball's a mess right now, huh? They should have been the first sport back. They had a roadmap. Asia was showing us how to do baseball without fans. And they blew it. They got into a situation where the owners were like, you know, we're losing a lot of revenue at the gate and jerseys. And they, they shook their head. And they was, you know, you need to take a bigger pay cut because we're losing the revenue at the gate. And the player's like, no, I only got so many years of throwing 98 mile per hour fastballs in my elbow. 
I need to make as much as I can right now. They're both right. But that's also a situation where the labor union may may force baseball into a 50-game season or into a 10-day season or into a 120-day. Like, we don't know yet, but it's still not there. Dow falls 200 points. The Fed is meeting today. Boeing drops 6%. Boeing is market-weighted, and it kind of pushes stocks up or down the stock market. Same thing with Apple. Yesterday, I wasn't stunned, were you? But we, when we did the stack that Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Netflix, um, Google make up 45% of the Nasdaq's move. Five stocks. Boom! That, that's not fair as far as saying the Nasdaq was up. If the Nasdaq 100's up and five stocks are up and 95 stocks are down, was it really an up day? Ooh, philosophy, right? If a tree falls in the woods, do you hear it? If no one's there, shut up, Rob. Best Buy is going to let customers browse the aisles. I thought that was one of the more interesting stories. Starbucks expects a profit in the fourth quarter. Which one's more interesting to you? The fact that Starbucks could lose $3 billion in sales and say we're still going to be profitable in the fourth quarter? Or that kind of nice going to Best Buy? Like, I haven't been to Best Buy in four months. And I kind of want to see, like, what's the new stuff? Do they have new stuff? Have we restocked? Are we ready for Christmas? That's another thing. We are now entering BTS. I don't know you're saying, BTS, that's that Korean pop band. I love them. Now, BTS, back to school. I know you're saying, summer just started this week, Rob. Shut up. My kids want to enjoy two or three days of being able to go to the beach and fall in love during the summer and eat cotton candy and, and get shirts that say the summer of 20. I know you're saying, I barely remember that. But yes, yes, we used to get T-shirts and uh, baseball shirts that said summer of 96, summer of 95, what have you. But back to school is a big spending time for companies like Best Buy. And I don't know anyone who's going back to college, so I don't think Best Buy is going to have the, oh, dad, I need a computer. Dad, I need a, a notebook for college. Do you know I got a typewriter when I went to college? It was a word processing typewriter. It wasn't a computer. It was a typewriter with some computer functions in it. That's funny. They don't even make those anymore, I'm I'm sure. I'm not sure of that. I should be careful. So the Federal Reserve is going to talk at 11 o'clock today. And if you want to do yourself a favor, and I say 11 Pacific time, listen to it. If you've never turned on CNBC or Bloomberg because it's too boring to you, there's a good-looking elderly man, um, Jerome Powell. He's the head of the Federal Reserve. He's going to get the bankers from Texas. He's going to get the bankers from San Francisco and L.A. and Minneapolis. He's going to get the bankers from New York and the bankers from Atlanta and Richmond. And they're all going to get together. They're going to say, what's happening in your part of the country? And they're going to say, well, we've economically, we're hot. Or economically, we're frozen. And they're like, well, if two-thirds of the country's frozen and one-third's hot... Maybe we should just say we're cautious. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't say cautious. Say cautiously optimistic. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Say we've got to balance it. Like, and they'll come out with a message. They'll tell you a little bit more about the job market. The recent jobs that we saw, were they quality jobs or were they jobs like um, putting the thumb in the dike to stop it from the dike from exploding and flooding the city? They, they weren't great jobs. But they were jobs. And that means we have a chance, right? 
anyhow, the Dow, the market's getting a lot more sober right now, starting to look for more data. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com.